0: Lord, we thank you for the fathers that are here tonight and for them in our lives, Lord God. We thank you for the sacrifices that they make every day. Thank you for the parents, Lord God, the children that decided to just live for their children. I pray for blessings for them. And Lord, we pray for the Sunday school teachers. We pray for wisdom for them and patience for them as they teach your next church. And I pray for the children there, Lord God, may they continue to fall in love with you as you reveal more about yourself to them. And I pray for your message tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you speak through me, Lord, and um, give me the wisdom, Lord, give me the words to say. And I pray for the Holy Spirit in all your people to be the one to speak to to them and, and reveal to them the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. And again, if you do have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. And if you need a Bible, please raise your hands if you need a Bible. You need the Bible. All right. Dustin needs a Bible up here. Anybody else need a Bible? Right there, another Bible over there. Is Gianna here? I was supposed to recognize Gianna She graduated Sunday school, right? Now she's here, but she decided, I think she tonight she decides to go back there, okay? Perfect timing. If you can all please turn to um, your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, it says here, this is, if you were thinking that there was no handbook given to us on how to be a good child, how to be a good wife or a good husband, it's here in (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I titled our message tonight, Be the Father God Wants You to Be. I was thinking about like the army slogan, Be All That You Can Be. In the army I'm trying not to sing the jingle but I for us to be the father that God wants us to be we first have to recognize who God is correct and we have to care about what God wants for us to even want to be the father that God wants us to be correct John John you have my pictures ready I want to show you guys a couple of pictures Um, uh, that's Alonzo When he was um, five feet shorter. (laughs) This was him when he was, uh, I think, six or seven. This was him here in the hallway here uh, during his time out. And this is uh, when we were still twinning. (laughs) See how time flies? And Alonzo, before, always wanted to dress like me. And now it's the opposite. I want to dress like Alonzo now. (laughs) And uh, you guys know I have two kids, and here's my next picture. Oh, so that's not it. There you go. This is Gianna and me when I was a dog. <laughs> I, I, I was too lazy to find a picture of Gianna, and I. we have plenty. But this is her when she was little, and uh, that's Chaco, my, my homeboy's dog, Ridgeback. Um, I wanted us to see these pictures of our children because... They grow up so fast, right? Time flies like it's no other. And we have to understand that this is the truth about life. Emma Sue is how many weeks right now, but then before you know it, she's 15 and arguing with you. (laughs) I'll be praying for you when that happens. But being a father, for most of us, if we're not careful, which is most of us, we're not careful we're not in tune with the Lord we don't know how to be a father especially how God wants us to be someone once said that once you become a dad that everything changes being from becoming a man who an an unselfish man from a selfish teenager because everything was about you correct until you had a child the scales were tipped and there's no, you're no longer living for yourself. But now you're going to be living for your children. But to be a good father, I want us to first understand, and Brother Richard uh, touched into it earlier, is to understand the fatherhood of God. In John 8, 42, 44, it reads, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. This is Jesus speaking. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is when people say God is everyone's father. It's not. God created everyone. We're gonna start with the doctrine of the fatherhood of God. Not everybody can claim God as a father. You can only be adopted through accepting Jesus Christ. We all agree. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples to call God Father, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. He taught that, that he taught that God is not everyone's father. In John 8, 42-44, it reads, He said to those who refused to follow Him, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded and came forth from God. You are of your Father the devil, and your will is to do your Father's desire. So we first have to understand, to whom do we belong to? right? My, my conversations with my Father, you don't know it. And frankly, you probably don't care about it. It's probably not appropriate with you as well. You probably won't even understand what we're talking about. And we're laughing and you're not understanding it. It's the same thing with our relationship with God the Father. The reason you do not hear is because you do not belong to Him. John 8, 47. Now question. I'm looking around the room here. Most of you, I know you've accepted Christ. Some, I'm not so sure of. Are you hearing God's Word? When you're reading the Bible, are you hearing Him speak to you? Is it making sense to you? If it is not making sense to you, maybe it's time for you to question, Is God your Father? Do you belong to Him? In the next verse, Romans 8, 9, 14, and 15. Anyone who does not have the Spirit does not belong to Him. All who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the spirit himself bearing witness, our spirit, that we are children of God. When you accepted Christ, if you accepted Christ, that is the only time you can claim and call God Father. That was when you were adopted to him. Not everyone can claim can lay the claim to the privilege of knowing God as father. Only those who are born of God, John chapter 1 verse 13. Those who receive Christ, John chapter 1 verse 12, and who are led by the spirit, Romans 8:14, have the right to receive the inheritance of the children. Promises like Matthew 7:11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? I know people here who have requested prayers to the Lord, have lifted up their needs to Him, and God has has responded to His children. The privilege of prayer and the promise that God will work all things for your good, Romans 8.28, is part of the inheritance of sonship. That is what it means to God. that is what is meant to have God as your father. There are two reasons why I begin with this about the fatherhood of God. One is that I believe all human fatherhood should be patterned onto the divine fatherhood. The overarching guide for every father should be to live in such a way that his children can see what God the father is like. They ought to see in their human Father, a reflection, although imperfect, of the Heavenly Father in His strength and tenderness, in His wrath and mercy, in His exaltation and superiority, in His surpassing wisdom and patient guidance. The task of every human father, Father, I'm speaking to you right now. The task of every human father is to be for his children an image of Father here on earth. right? an image of father in heaven here on earth that is our task the other reason i begin with the fatherhood of god is to give this message relevance for everyone in this room whether you're a father or not and whether you are you had a christian father or not i want to make it clear from the outset that the sadness many may feel at never having had a father like the father I will describe, and the sadness others may feel at never having been a father like the father I will describe. The sadness can be swallowed up and overcome with joy this evening because God offers His fatherhood to anyone who will accept the gift of adoption by trusting Christ and yielding to be led by the Spirit. I hope I... If I lose you the rest of the evening, I hope you caught that part. So we're going to now tackle five D's on how God wants you to become as a father. The first D is to dedicate their life and family to God. Joshua 24, 14 to 15 reads, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. Worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua speaking to the Israelites and giving them their choices. The choices are, if you want to serve your idols, then go ahead and do so. But if you're going to serve God, then do it wholeheartedly. Many of us Christians now, we're half in the world and half to God. Can we actually do that? Most of us, we're doing that now. And you can't serve two masters. It's either you serve God wholeheartedly or serve the, the world wholeheartedly. It's either, what, what are the idols that we're serving, that are the choices now? It's either money, are we living our lives for money, for fame, for success, or relationships that come before our relationship with God? Those are the idols, those are the choices that's in front of us now. Some of you, you've made the decision To accept Christ as your Savior. But yet you still need to come to a point to accept Him as your Lord. Because there's a big difference. Right? Savior is saving us from the consequences of our sin. Praise God. That's the truth. God took away all the consequences. Jesus paid for it all. But then are we living for Him? Are we living our lives as He is our Lord, or are we still serving ourselves as Lord? Do we still have that throne in our lives? There is a need. But look at this. But as for me, a father who is going to dedicate his family to God must also have made the decision to dedicate himself to God. Look at this. But as for me, Joshua said, (coughs) he made the decision. But as for me... I will serve the Lord. But of course, because he's the father, he's the leader. Dads, fathers, you are the leader. You should be the leader. Spiritual leader of your family. Not Don't leave that to your wives. <laughs> we leave most of them, most of the things to them, but the spiritual leadership, you should be the one to lead your family to God. That's why as a leader the servant leader that God wants us to be, is that we are with them. We're just not telling them what to do. We are with them. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, how do we do it? What's a good illustration for this? Deuteronomy 6, 4-7. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. First and greatest commandment according to Jesus. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. Basically, talk about it every time. As much as, more than you talk about boxing. More than when you talk about golf. More than you talk about basketball. More about investments. Whatever your passion is. It, God should be your passion, dads. Fathers, parents. We should be talking about it again and again. Now, the thing here is, the catch here is this. If you are not in love with God, then you're not going to be talking about Him. Right? So you guys... Remember when you were first, or the first time you fell in love with your spouse, you couldn't stop talking about them with your friends, even if they didn't care about it anymore. Like, oh my gosh, you're talking about Romel again? I could care less. I heard about this 20,000 times already. Right? You're talking about them. You're thinking about them. right? You're putting gas and you're overflowing, but you're still thinking about your girl. And your gas is overflowing. You're on fire, but you could care less because you're consumed You're consumed with love. Your thoughts and your whole being is just for that person. Now, how you can't, right? You can't do it if you're not in love with him, with your entire being. You can't do this. Now, dads, are your children seeing you read the Bible? Or did or do they see you more on your phones? Oh no, I'm reading the Bible app, sure. (laughs) No, no, no. Seriously, it's the Bible app. Okay. Right? What are they seeing you do? Because monkey do? Monkey see, monkey do. Right? Monkey see, monkey do. Unfortunately, a lot more is caught than taught. Which is the most dangerous thing for me. I see a lot of myself in Alonzo. A lot of the things that I don't like in me, I'm seeing in Alonzo from time to time and it's scary. And I only have myself to blame. But then there are many times, there are many times too, that I keep talking to him about the Lord. Just recently I was telling him, I go, So if you are going to go through troubles in your life, and you will, just remember that us, your parents, we went through a lot of trials and trouble. But God is good and he saw us through it. The one important thing is you just continue to love him and obey him. Do you talk about the Lord? Do you talk about Him before you sleep? Do you talk about Him when you're driving? Do you talk about Him with your children? Do you even talk to your children? No, a father that God wants us to be is the one that dedicates their life and their family to God. That's the first D, is dedicated. The second one is discipline. I'm not sure if I spelled it, spelled it correctly, but discipline the ones they love. In Hebrews 12, 6 to 11, let me read this first verse. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child's child. Proverbs 3, 11 to 12, that's also in there. Now, this is unpopular now these days. Right, We live in a world that's so pacifist that, oh, come on, you can only... You just, just have to talk to them. And at the same time, I'm talking to the parents that are... they You just want to beat your kids for no reason. I'm not giving you an excuse, okay? We have to discipline them according to God's will. According to God's will. Now, the trick there is, do you know God's will? If you are not reading the word, then what are you going to pick up from? Right? But then... It, He says here too that God disciplines those he loves. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? I've heard of one, and he actually hated his father and mother for not disciplining him. Because he said that they were just letting me get away with it. And the kid knows it. Right, the the children knows if we're unfair, if the if the punishment was not matching the crime, the children knows that too. If we just completely lost our, our our heads, but the children also knows if you let them get away with it, and you're spoiling them. If God doesn't discipline you as He does all all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate, and are not really His ch- children at all. Now, for those of you who have accepted Christ and then all of a sudden trial comes in your life or or disciplines happening in your life because there's something that you haven't given up. Our sins are forgiven. When we accepted Christ as our Lord, our sins, the consequences of our sins, the penalty of our sins of spending eternity in hell has been forgiven. But the consequences to our sin, let's say you accepted Christ, you were a former um You were uh, sexually immoral, but that you didn't want to stop doing that. And you you had a lot more unprotected sex with many strangers. And you all of a sudden have AIDS, HIV, contracted AIDS. Now you can be a Christian and have AIDS, amen? Yes, unfortunately, yes. Fortunately, yes. But because you decided to continue with that lifestyle, you will suffer the consequences of your decision. That's God's discipline. Hopefully, you'd listen at that point. Right? For some of you, if you're asking, I don't know. The, every time I'm here at church is when I'm going through something, then that's probably why. The only time you come to church if you have trials. So that's why God's gonna continue to give you trial. Because that's the only time you go down on your knees. That's the only time you remember Him. So guess what? He's going to give you problems to bring you down on your knees. Because that's the only time you remember Him. Discipline is good. Discipline is good for us. Because that's when we remember who He is and who we are. And then parents. In Proverbs 22.15 it reads, A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. But physical discipline will drive it away. So if you're a parent and you're, and you're just... There, there are parents who just really are hotheads. Correct? Okay, maybe just in my life. Um, okay, ako um, There are parents who are just... They use their children as punching bags. Because they have problems somewhere else and then they blow off on their children right unfortunately there are parents that are that way but there are also parents that spoil their children even though it deserves spanking at that time because we live in a culture like oh you know we don't say no to them we 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 rephrase it and we don't use our hands we don't use this I can respect that but I'd rather go with the Bible. Because the Bible already told that the children are prone to sin. And us knowing that they are prone to sin, we have to be quick to know what sin are, what sins are and how God wants to address them. Right? So there's a big responsibility too much is given to parents, too much is given, much is required. You have been blessed with a gift to have a child, the privilege to raise the next church, probably the next pastor, the next missionary—you are given that privilege. Are you taking that with 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 full responsibility? Are you asking God for wisdom? Are you reading His Word? And if you are, you're following all the doctrines that God has given you. Praise God! More power to you, because disciplining children is a must. And we're going to see some examples here that didn't uh, discipline their children. The next slide, please. Look at this. In Sam, 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 33, uh, speaking about David. The king was upset, and he went up to the upper room of the gate and wept. He said, as he went, My son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom. If only I had died instead of you, Absalom, my son, my son. David was weeping because he heard Absalom's death. But the problem here, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Absalom got upset with David because David did not discipline Amnon, one of his children who raped his stepsister, Tamar, who is Absalom's sister. Oh, you thought it came from TFC, huh? You thought it was originally from the Filipino movies? No, it's from the Bible. All those drama things, the Bible has them. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, you did not see it on HBO first. It was on the Bible first. And then David did not. David did not take the responsibility of disciplining his son. That's why Absalom got us upset and he, it, it caused him to hate his father to a point of a, taking over the kingdom. But then despite that, David's love for his child was still there. And look, he was weeping for him. Even though Absalom tried to get the kingdom from him. Absalom's betrayal. Absalom slept with all David's wife and on public display. On top of the castle. But despite that, despite that, Absalom was Absalom still mattered to David and his heart was breaking. Fathers, if you are not taking that responsibility now to discipline your children now that they're little, if you're not going through headaches now, you will go through heartaches later. If you're choosing, if you to if you're such a coward, I'm gonna use that word. If you're such a coward. To discipline your children now because of the, the fear of being neglected or rejected by them or not popular to them, unwanted by them, you will have your heartaches in the future. Because it is our responsibility to discipline our children because they are prone to sin. The second two exam- the two other examples are of Eli. Eli did not discipline his children, Hopni, Hopni or Omni, <laughs> sign H, Opni, and Phineas. <laughs> they died, Be- but because they were desecrating the temple, they were sleeping with women, There, they were taking advantage of the women, they were, taking, uh, they, they were taking the fat from the sacrifice, they were eating it before God, before they present it, and, and this is what, what God said, why do you give your sons more honor, than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings, the best offerings of my people, Israel. And then the last one is, I have warned him. Talking about Eli. This is God speaking. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. He did not restrain them. He did not discipline them. Folks, parents, fathers. If we don't discipline our children, God will take it against us. It is our responsibility to discipline our children. It is our responsibility. We must discipline according to God's word. It has to be aligned with God's word. Please turn your Bibles or Bible apps to Type in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. If you're there, please say amen. That's quick. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work, including disciplining our children. Now fathers, this should be, if you are not reading your word, if you are not studying your word, this should challenge you. Because if you're going to discipline your children the way your parents discipline you, there are, if you're going to be honest, there were a lot of mistakes that they did to us and we don't really want to repeat it. Correct? It's 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. The need for the fathers to discipline their children is needed, right? It's greatly needed. To discipline them aligned to God's word is a must. Meaning us fathers need to know God's word. We need to be walking hand in hand with the Lord, along with the Spirit, living for Him, obeying Him. They should not just feel our love, they should also feel our discipline because we love them. I know it's not popular these days, but it's the truth. Discipline is needed. The next D is demonstrate how to live like and for Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 to 16, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 1, Paul still speaking, he says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. It was. It is said that a, a pastor's Im- most important job is not to deliver a compelling message, but actually to live, live like Christ, which is the biggest challenge for me. And it's the same thing for a father. The biggest challenge for you, fathers, is that the children will see you walking ever so closely with God. Not just with your words, but actually with your life. They actually have to see. They have to see it in you. They just don't want to hear it from you. They want to see it. Right? Don't we want how we teach them things like oh this is how you dress this is how you talk to girls this is how you this is how you defend yourself this is how you pray this is how you worship this is how you love a woman this is how you treat a lady and for us who have daughters right for me i i kept asking anna this before and i still do from time to time i go what were you thinking Why why did you even go for me? You weren't guided by the Holy Spirit at all. (laughs) Because I will not let Gianna date somebody like me at all before. There's no way. There's no way in the world. Right? Because we want the best for them. And we want to show them. And I do my best to show Gianna how how a man should be treating her. And I'm trying my best to show Alonzo how to treat a lady. Now, We're all going to be honest here. We're not always batting home runs here, right? <laughs> Most of the time, we're striking out, right? <laughs> We'd rather be playing something else from time to time. But we have to be always conscious. You know that song um, that says, I'm watching you. I'll be watching you. Every move you make, every step you take, I'm watching you. I'll be watching you. That's our children. They are always watching us. Parents, are we, are we recognizing that truth? Now, I'm not a country guy. But whenever I hear a country song, I end up liking it because there's a great message in them. Unlike the rap music that's, all you talk about rap and gang killing here, drugs there, you know. Um, can't some country music have, most country music have, have a message. I I, I want to read to you the lyrics of uh, Watching You by Rodney Atkins. It reads, it, it reads, driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat, knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone. That's pretty much Alonzo. A green traffic light turned straight, To red, I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath. As Fries went a-flying and his orange drink covered his lap, well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word that started with the letter S, and I was concerned. So I said, son, now where did you learn to talk like that? And he said, I've been watching you, dad, and ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. I eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camo pants. Yeah, we're just alike. Hey, ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. We got back home and went to the barn. <laughs> We got back home and went to the barn. I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. I said, "Lord, please help me, help my stupid self." And then this side of, this side of bedtime later that night, turning on my son's Scooby-Doo nightlight, he crawled out of bed and he got down on his knees. He closed his little eyes, folded his little hands, and spoke to God like he was talking to a friend. And I said, "Son, now where'd you learn to pray like that?" And he said. I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? (laughs) The sad thing is, we're not always doing the right thing in front of our children. I'm guilty. Obviously. (laughs) I'm guilty of this most of the time. The hard thing is, when life happens, our sinful nature overcomes. It overcomes the logical person in us because our emotions take over. Correct? It's either you're too aggressive or you're too passive. But parents, fathers, you are responsible. We are responsible for the future citizens of the world. In front of you, you're probably looking at the next president or the next mayor or the next criminal. Sadly. Sadly the next drug pin, king pin. It's all up to you. I mean, at that moment, they have their choices, but if you try your best to live like Christ and to live for Him, and we pray hard enough, God is good. To help our children see that and live like that. <clears throat> our last D. Delight in their children. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See how very much of our Father loves us. For He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. Because they don't know Him. Imagine that. God of the universe delights in you. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord, God delights in you. He takes delight in you. Up to now, I still delight in watching my children sleep. They don't have to be doing anything, they just have to be sleeping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I end up raising a 15 year old boy, a 13 year old girl. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I praise God that we're not homeless. <laughs> For a kid who can barely hold on to a job, I have two kids. I'm praising them. I'm enjoying them when they're sleeping. God takes the same delight with us. We don't have to be doing anything. The only reason why he delights is because he sees Christ in us. Amen? Amen. So fathers, we need to be delighting in our children. I know of a person who, who... Whom his dad told him so this this person asked his dad to go because his dad's a lot older retired and and and, and the guy the, the son said uh, why don't you just stay with me and, and and my children my family stay with us we'll take care of you you know we'll take care of you but the father said I want to enjoy my life. I'd rather enjoy my life and not live with you. He didn't use those words, but basically, the father said no. Apparently, because staying with his children and his grandkids is a burden to him. Those are so hurtful for a son to hear from a father. Right? Some don't say anything. They just leave. Correct? They just disappear. They're just a donor. Right? They're just a donor. Some are there physically, but are not there intimately. Can you actually be physically there and not be there? Yes. The answer is yes. I know uh, I have a friend who, his dad, whenever his dad comes home, the dad just goes in front of the TV and drinks his whiskey. Nobody can talk to him, but the dad's there. Right? We need to delight in our children as God delights in us. And how does what does God want? He wants us to pray to Him, correct? He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to read His Word so He can speak to us through His Word. He wants us to interact with His people at His church. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to serve Him through helping each other here. So we need, fathers, we need to delight in our children as God delights in us. For those of us who are given the honor and privilege and have been blessed to be a father of a child, you are held by our God responsible for those souls. And we should take that with with full responsibility. We should be aware of it. To much is given, much is required. You fathers are the ones that are charged to be, to nurture the future leaders of this country, of this church, of the church. It's never too late. It's never too late, fathers, to be the parent, to be the father or mothers, to be the parent that God wants us to be. It can be frustrating. And if you can understand my tears earlier, you probably don't have a child yet. And if you have a child, right, it's more than tears. We're crying most of the time. Our children bring us down to our knees most of the time. But it's never too late to learn from God. Matthew eleven twenty nine reads, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Christ is offering that. Christ is saying, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you want to be the great, the great dad, a great stepfather, a great, great father for your children? Learn from God. Learn from Jesus. Amen? That is our message tonight. Fathers, there's no easy way to say it. We are the leaders. We are the spiritual leaders. We are responsible for them. And the only re, the only way that we, the way we can minimize our mistakes if we are connected with God and, and read His Word and apply it. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your message tonight. We thank You for Your fathers once again, Lord. I pray for blessings for them. I pray for wisdom for all of us, Lord God. I pray that the truth that we heard from you tonight, Lord God, will be able to live out throughout the week. I pray for blessings for all your people here, Lord. Guide them, Father God, and just give them and meet, them, meet their needs, Lord. Help them for those who are in trouble. Heal them for those who are sick. Restore those broken relationships, Father God. And I pray, Lord God, for forgiveness for everyone who are hurt or have been hurt. I pray for humility for those who have been of, of, offensive that they will ask for forgiveness. I pray for the children, Lord God, and I pray for blessings for them. I pray that they will see the importance of obeying and honoring their parents. I pray, Father God, for your truth in your church. Lord. I, I pray that you find us pleasing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.